Latest injury report for your San Francisco 49ers. It's an extensive one, but there's some good news as well as some bad news on the post-week six injury report headed into week seven and those Kansas City Chiefs. And what about the trade market? Trade deadline coming up here at the end of October. Could the 49ers have some new players in uniform come Halloween? We'll check in, especially with some of those Carolina Panthers that might become available very soon. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker here with you at the Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Shout out, by the way, to all the listeners that uh, got together and banded together and made sure I got my Twitter account figured out and back because, uh, yeah, the, the listeners have been more helpful than anybody else in this whole situation. So I love that. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, of course, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every stinking day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs, the most comfortable shorts, pants, and sweatpants with built-in liners. Go to birddogs.com, use promo code Locked On, and boom, a free Bird Dogs rope hat with your pair of Bird Dog pants coming at you. Croc, we got to start with the injuries. The latest update here from Kyle Shanahan on Monday with all that's going on with the San Francisco 49ers. I want to start with the good news of the big dogs that could be back. Kyle Shanahan on Nick Bosa and Trent Williams potentially coming back this week in week seven against those Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, And he said, quote, that the chances are a lot better than last week. Added that there is a decent chance that both Bosa and Trent Williams will be back this week for the 49ers so hopefully that is the case hopefully they're back and not in a position where they might get re-injured but uh that's massive right like 49ers win if Bosa and Trent Williams are on the field last week I feel like right I don't know how much of a difference Trent Williams would have made because I thought for the most part the pass protection was fairly solid maybe in the run run game game. the run game is where it would have helped it's weird because the 49ers have been better in the run game run blocking than pass blocking I think and then last week it was kind of flipped where the pass block pass blocking was pretty good for Jimmy G, no sacks, but they couldn't get anything going on the ground, and they kind of had to abandon it anyways because of the game script stuff. Now, obviously, I mean, having Trent Williams out there, your team is better off uh, with him than without him. I, I do think Nick Bosa, definitely, if you had to choose between the two of who was going to play and you only can have one of those guys, I would say Nick Bosa. I mean, his impact, I just I felt it so much. And, you know, it's been a while since we've seen the 49ers play without Nick Bosa, but I believe, if I saw correctly, three pressures in the entire game. Now, obviously, there were a couple of sacks, but I think one of them was like a coverage sack. Golly, I mean, Mariota, there's a reason why he completed 13 out of 14 passes. You weren't able to move him off of his spot. His clock wasn't sped up. He was extremely comfortable uh, being able to set up and and a lot of times hit the underneath guy but set himself up in short situations. So uh, that's where you miss Nick Bosa a lot. And it felt like... Another, it felt like the old school 49ers defense, and, and we hadn't had, we hadn't seen that problem a lot recently with the 49ers defense where they had had trouble with athletic quarterbacks and containment. And I think that kind of snuck in too without Bosa in there this week against Marcus Mariota, made a couple of backbreaking plays with his legs. So um, obviously it's huge to have those types of all pro players back in the lineup. Um, another guy, Jimmy Ward, we saw him for one play this year. Kyle Shanahan said he should be able to play with a cast 
after his surgery now. Uh, said he's doing really good post-surgery. Chance to play with his cast on. Might be a little too optimistic this week, but hope um, it's this week. But too early for him to know for sure. So maybe even Jimmy Ward back, if not, maybe next week and able to play with a club on his hand. You know, I was watching the Philadelphia Eagles and Chauncey Garner-Johnson. He went into the locker room. He was pointing to his hand and they're like, oh, man, that that's, looks like it might be broken. But, you know, they don't like to speculate. And he comes back in, man. He instantly put a cast on his hand. We'll figure out what you know what exactly the extent of his injury is, but also had a diving interception after really hurting his hand. So uh, I do think that when you have a Jimmy Ward out there, even if he has a cast on his hand, he can definitely still be uh, pretty pretty uh, valuable <laughs> to the defense. Can't believe they got Chauncey Gardner Johnson for a sixth round pick too. That's the kind of deal the 49ers need if they do find somebody in the trade market. Is you know you're able to just spend a, a really late pick and find someone that can come in, even if it's a rental player, a short term player that could help you at a position where maybe you're not getting a guy back. Uh, speaking of safety though, with the 49ers, Talano Hufanga is now in NFL's concussion protocol. He reported symptoms this morning, so it's a delayed onset situation. And this one kind of has me worried a little bit because, remember, he went out early, first quarter with, a, I think it was the first drive of the game, with uh, concussion symptoms, went into the tent, passed protocol, came back on the field, finished the game, and then now is back again on concussion protocol. So the delayed onset symptoms there, and actually thanks to Matt Mayoko for producing a little cheat sheet here on what the actual protocol is for players that are um, in the league's concussion protocol to be cleared before he can play. So it's not clear whether or not he's going to be available yet. He can be still available for this coming week's game, but there's a possibility he's not. So basically um, phase one player is prescribed rest. And if necessary, avoiding activities, both physical and cognitive that could increase or aggravate symptoms. It's called symptom limited activity. Then phase two is aerobic exercise under direct oversight with the team's medical staff. The player should begin graduated cardiovascular exercise. Phase three is football specific exercise. The player continues with supervised cardiovascular exercises that are increased and may mimic sport specific activities. Then phase four is club-based non-contact training drills. So now you've got the non-contact jersey on, but you're able to practice and you're doing cardio strength and balance training and, and sport-specific exercise. And then phase five, the final phase of the five-phase protocol is full football activity and clearance under clearance by club physician for full football activity involving contact. The player must be examined by the independent neurologist consultant assigned to the club and so on and so on. So it's, it's longer than that. You can go find it if you want. Uh, Matt Mayoko posted it on Twitter today at Mayoko NBCS. Uh, but you know, so a little ways to go here for that protocol to play itself out and for Talano Hufanga to get back on the field, but not, not a great sign if post game, he came back into the facility Monday and reported symptoms. Yeah, especially right now where a lot of people want to err on the side of caution, right? Because of the whole uh, Tua situation and people mm -hmm. are starting to walk on the eggshells a little bit. But uh, if you pass a concussion protocol, and I heard Jalen Ramsey talking about this, every team has their uh, sideline protocol that they go through. And if you pass it, you pass it. And people pass it all the time. Uh, unfortunately, Tyler Noah Hufunga 
past it, and then now he's seeing uh, the symptoms. So uh, very interesting. I'm not sure exactly what you do about that unless you say anybody that ever gets their bell, bell rung, if you even have it thought that is potentially a concussion, you just don't let him go back in the game. The tough thing with that is guys get their bell rungs all game long. So yeah, playing without a team. And it's smart. Like I like that, you know, some players would just not even say anything. Right. So uh, I like that. Hufong is like, look, yeah, woke up and had symptoms. So you want him to be right. You don't want him to be scrambled uh, up top. Uh, did did Hufong, because Hufong had some injuries back in college. Was concussion part of it too? Maybe he's even schooled up a little bit more than others on that. Because I know he had multiple injuries in college. I don't think he did his last year because he had that really good final season at USC. But I think I, I was broken collarbone. I'm looking for it right now. Uh, I'm not seeing anything. He definitely that was, had collarbone issues, I think, twice. Yeah. Twice, yeah, that's what. It, okay, so it was multiple collarbones or like shoulder or something, right? Okay, that's what it was then. So no, okay, good. So no concussion history for Talano Hufanga. It looks like, at least from what I've seen, official concussions. Who knows how many concussions every football player has? Right. Uh, let's see where are we at here with the injuries. So we got some day to day injuries for the 49ers, which these are the so, some more good news injuries I think for the 49ers with Charvarius Mooney Ward had the groin injury. He's day to day, which makes you think, well, me, even if he's not available this week, he's going to be available very soon. And uh, same goes for Charlie Warner came down with an AC sprain. Um, I don't know if that affected his big drop in that game. Uh, Mike McGlinchey had the the calf injury, left the game. He's day to day. Demetrius Flanagan falls. Knee tendonitis, day-to-day, quote-unquote, should be fine. Drake Jackson has a knee sprain. Samson Abelcom had Achilles tendonitis. All of those guys, hopeful. Kyle Shanahan is hopeful that all of those guys are going to be ready to play this week. Now, those are the injuries with the San Francisco 49ers. The latest updates. Things don't look as rosy for guys like um, Eric Armstead. He's not going to be ready, it looks like, this week. Doubtful to play. I think Kyle Shanahan put it. Um, obviously Javon Kinlaw is on IR. So there's, um, there's some players that don't have the greatest outlook either for the 49ers, but a lot of those guys, I think there's some good news with how extensive the injury report is for the 49ers. Some good news there. Might get a lot of guys back this week. Next let's talk trade croc. Who would you want croc the 49ers to make a move for who's too expensive. Who's not going to be on the move. Who's maybe more likely to potentially be on the move and who could the 49ers go after to bolster their roster as they try to go win the West at three and three. Now after six weeks, I want to let the folks out there know about bird dogs though. I got some bird dog pants, uh, some of the khakis and let me tell you bird dogs pants are perfect for fall golf. I mean, couldn't be better, especially when it's 65 degrees every day in the Bay Area. It's pretty much spring golf and summer golf too, right? Uh, but the bird dog khakis are perfect because they got that right amount of, uh, you know, stretchiness to them. And like, I can't go golf anymore unless the pants are stretchy. And in fact, I don't know how people can make pants that aren't stretchy these days. Uh, these are super comfortable pants by bird dogs. And you might not play like Tiger on a bender, 
might play like you're on a bender, but nothing like Tiger on a bender. But you'll feel just as good. You'll feel like a pro out there. You'll look good. You could roll from work right onto the golf course. That's what I love about these bird dogs pants. I got some shorts, too, that are like, you know, you could go work out in them. You could wear them around town. You could wear them to the grocery store. Or you can go sit by the pool you know, and take a dip in these pants that have the shorts that have the liners. You can get all these pants and shorts and sweats from bird dog with liners or without liners. So I love that. I love the versatility that these pants have, but for me, I love the khakis, man, because they are perfect for golf. I've been golfing a lot. My golf game is trash, but for those times when I do pipe a drive 300 right down the middle, it feels good. And I'm looking good. Even when I'm shanking it into the wrong fairway on the golf course. Go to birddogs.com, enter promo code locked on, and they'll throw in a free bird dog road rope hat as well which is also nice for the golf course that's birddogs.com promo code locked on and boom a free bird dogs rope hat with your pair of bird dogs the most comfortable shorts pants and sweatpants with built-in liners you will not take these things off i promise you these days, every new potential hire can feel like high stakes wager for your small business. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Just add your job to the purple hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile. Spread the word to the 800 plus million network of people that are already on the platform that is LinkedIn, that is the best place to go. Everyone's on it. I'm on it. You're on it. You know that's where the place to be is for someone who either has a job or might even be looking for a job and they don't even know it. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again, everybody, for making Lockdown 49ers your first listen every day. Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Lockdown NFL. Lockdown's local experts give you the inside scoop on the biggest games, including Sunday and Monday Night Football, plus betting advice from BetOnline. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's start with the big name on the list when it comes to players that could potentially be available at the trade deadline. And this is not like the NBA and the MLB trade deadline crock. Usually the trade deadline comes and goes with a whimper. But we know how the 49ers operate, right? We know how John Lynch operates. He's an aggressive GM. And he's already made moves before. In fact, he made a really nice move going for Emmanuel Sanders in 2019 that really, I think, was one of the catalysts to the 49ers Super Bowl run. I don't know if wide receiver is the position, although I think there might be some available wide receivers out there on the market. We've already seen one go. Robbie Anderson kicked kicked off the field for the Panthers. He is now a member of the Arizona Cardinals. That is a done deal. Um, there are some other wide receivers on that roster. I don't know how many more will be available, but let's talk about some of the names that could be available at the trade deadline for the 49ers croc, starting with those Carolina Panthers. And the biggest name of them all is Christian McCaffrey. What are your thoughts there? Do the Niners need to add a running back to the mix? I definitely think that the 49ers do. Now, you, you don't want to panic, right? They do have Elijah Mitchell coming back. You just have to hope that Elijah Mitchell runs as well as he did in those first 
five or six six five or six carries against the Chicago Bears. However many carries it was, he looked really good. And you haven't seen that type of running from the 49ers probably since Jeff Wilson has shown flashes, but overall fairly kind of inconsistent in the sense of uh, uh, or I guess pretty consistent. He's had like one big run in most games and then a lot of like two, three yard yeah. runs. Right. And even Tevin Coleman, Tevin Coleman, sorry to interrupt. Tevin Coleman shot out of a cannon the first week back, and then was like four carries for three yards last week, right? Yeah. Like, oh, so that's Tevin, Tevin Coleman, I remember seeing. And then Ty Davis Price is playing behind Tevin Coleman. He got one snap as a fullback for, and I kind of like the design of the play, you know, with that with the tailback that can as a fullback. We've seen that before. With Jeff Wilson as well playing that role for Debo Samuel. Um, but you know, clearly right now they don't have a dynamic running back. They don't, but do you panic because Mitchell's hurt or do you wait for him to go back and then count on him because that's a whole other thing because he has been banged up or do you go and get another running back that has been really banged up, right? And that's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's been on and off the field a ton due to injury. We know how dynamic he could be. I think he would fit this offense to a T and even add more in a passing game. He'd be excellent, but – one, can't really count on him to be on the field. So you kind of continue to go through that injury play, which the 49ers are the most injured team in the NFL right now. And then the other part of it is his contract, like taking on this massive running back contract. I, I think both of those are pretty pretty difficult if you're the 49ers. It kind of worries me because although I like Christian McCaffrey and he's a perfect fit, I, I bet Kyle Shanahan loves Christian McCaffrey. And I'm worried that Kyle Shanahan is willing to do something kind of crazy to get him, right? The report this weekend on Sunday from NFL Network was that the Panthers are willing to listen to offers on Christian McCaffrey if it involves multiple first-round picks. And it's yeah, like, like, what are you talking know. about? That, is, that just can't – well, first of all, can't happen. 49ers don't have a first-round pick this year. Uh, you know, So maybe save from themselves a little bit. I mean, they won't get that. Like, That's just basically saying we're not going to trade Christian McCaffrey because that's not going to happen. Um, but and, and I've always said that I, I felt like it was really unlikely that McCaffrey would get moved because of the dead cap stuff. And it's actually not the cap situation is not that bad for the acquiring team. It's just bad for the Panthers and the Panthers going to eat 26, 25, 26 million dollars in dead money split over the rest of this year and next year and get nothing in return. You know, so th they should be asking probably for a lot. It should make sense for them to take that dead money on, but they're not going to get two first round picks. Like I'd be offering them a, a day three pick, you know, and I'm sure Kyle Shanahan right. would be willing to give up more. Would a team be willing to give up a two and maybe something else, maybe a conditional something next year? I mean, that's just a lot. And contractually, the team that acquires him won't take on much this year. So it's really easy to bring him in because all of that money is on the Panthers shoulders, but then he's got $12 million base salary the next two years, but none of it's guaranteed. So you could restructure him. But I would be treating Christian McCaffrey as more of a rental where I might even just cut him, you know, if he doesn't want to take a, a, a pay cut. I don't want to even pay him $12 million. And maybe you can restructure it. But then when you restructure, what do you do? You turn base salary into guarantees later. You know, is Christian McCaffrey going to be good and healthy in 2024? And you want to pay him $12 million or maybe more because you're trying to lower his cap number next year and you restructure. Now he's making even more in 2024 and 2025. So then, you know, and then you got future guarantees for a running back. That worries me a little bit. So to me, Christian McCaffrey, as good of a player as he is, he's a no-go. I'm interested in Christian McCaffrey after he gets cut, you know, post-June 1st or something like that. That's when I would yeah. be interested in, in, uh, in Christian McCaffrey. But I, I do have a feeling... 
Kyle Shanahan might be a lot more interested in than, than I would be in acquiring Christian McCaffrey and, and might do something crazy just to get his running game ignited. But the thing is, you nailed it with the with the um, Elijah Mitchell stuff. Like he's coming back right around the deadline, right? November, he'll be back. So that's your trade deadline addition at running back is already Elijah Mitchell. And I like, again, I like the way he runs, but you still have the same questions with, with the injuries. So if you just told me, hey, Croc, Elijah Mitchell is going to come back and he will be healthy for the rest of the season. You don't have to worry about it. I wouldn't worry about getting Christian McCaffrey. And, and when I say Christian McCaffrey, now if you just told me all things being equal, he doesn't cost a whole lot. They can figure it out from that standpoint. You get him and he can just kind of, you can have a you know two-back tandem with Elijah yeah. Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. Cool. But what you would have to use to give get him the injuries, the contract, I don't know. It just seems like a lot going on there. Yeah, and I would even say, you know, fine, worry about, like, you can fit it under the cap this year. It's not a problem. Next year, worry about the restructure, worry about the $12 million if it didn't cost you a lot because then it's more you're looking at it more like a rental. But to pay a bunch in picks, you're looking at this as a big long-term investment and you're going to pay him a lot for a while. It starts to make a lot less sense to me. How, how old is he right now? Ooh, that is a great question. Christian McCaffrey, let's because find out. Because running backs, I mean, they fall off a cliff. I mean, yeah, as soon as you're into, and we've already seen it with McCaffrey. We've seen it with every running back in the history of the world. Like once you, uh, once you're in your late twenties and you're into that second contract, uh, he's only 26 years old. He turned 26 before training camp this year. Wow. Pretty young. He's yeah. He's pretty young. He can't, he was an early entry into the, he was a junior, right? When he came out of Stanford in the draft, takes care of his body and takes care of his body, but he's still hurt a lot. And the thing that I would be really interested in is you get Chris McCaffrey and Debo and just, you could just completely swap them, right? You could move McCaffrey you, you out can, of wide yeah, receiver in the backfield. You know, yeah. uh, he's kind of he's the bizarro, he's the bizarro uh, Debo Samuel, where he's running back first, but can go play wide receiver for you. Yeah, you you, you can. <laughs> I think I thought he was going to be more of that at the NFL level, and he just, I mean, I guess he kind of has, but he's not been more like I was expecting. It's more, yeah, it's more out of the backfield short stuff than like true, true running back or true wide receiver routes and stuff. Right. Chris McCaffrey. Yeah. But the injuries is the, the big, so you, you make a, with any running back that that's really the number one thing you make a big expenditure in picks or money and it could be giving you nothing because they get injured so much and yeah. he's already got such a history of injuries. That's what would worry me with, with Christian McCaffrey. If it's cheap, absolutely, let's go. Uh, it, but it sounds like it's not going to be cheap, so that means it's pretty much a no-go. There's another running back out there on the market. Probably won't be a trade option for the 49ers in Cam Akers of the Los Angeles Rams and a whole bunch of other players potentially that could be available for the Carolina Panthers. We'll get into those next. Daily Fantasy Made Easy. That's what we're talking about with Prize Picks. The Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com. It could not be more fun and it could not be easier. And especially for you players that play your year-long fantasy leagues and by week six, you might be kind of out of it. You might have a really terrible roster and you're ready to move on, but Daily Fantasy is so awesome because it is a new league every single day and not just NFL either. We're talking tons of sports. Here's what you do. You pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. It's that simple. No competing against other people. There's no sharks. There's no pool of a thousand people you're playing against. It's just you against the house. It's you against prize pick 
projections, either more or less than passing yards, rushing yards, whatever your favorite statistic is, wherever you see that you can win and go more or less than whatever is projected at price picks. Not just NFL. We're talking NBA, Major League Baseball, college football, uh, soccer, NASCAR, motorsports, contact sports, disc golf, cricket, you name it. You can find daily fantasy sports projections at price picks. Download the price picks app or go to pricepicks.com and sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, price picks will give you $100. If you deposit 50, price picks will give you 50 more to play with. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. I don't think the 49ers need to or can really afford to spend a lot at wide receiver because where would you fit those players in? But DJ Moore, I mean, dude's pretty awesome. I would love to see him just for him personally to get out of Carolina. Feels like he's 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 getting the, a raw deal. I feel like he his career could go so much better if he was in another place with another quarterback. I don't know if that place is the 49ers. Maybe not enough balls to go around in the passing game for DJ Moore. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are there, but there's two other names. Robbie Anderson's already gone. He'd have been, I mean, how about Robbie Anderson running that yeah. post, right? How about Robbie Anderson running the deep post? Like, you, I would like the 49ers to have somebody who's really good at catching the deep ball. I feel like they just don't have that right now. Um, you know, you need both speed, uh, range is pretty good. Um, you know, ball skills. Like those are important things, not just speed at receiver. But how about our guy that we liked before the, in fact, two players I loved before the draft last year in Shai Smith out of South Carolina. You know, the 49ers scout South Carolina really hard. He was, I think, a sixth round pick by the Carolina Panthers. I think he can do a lot of what um, Ray Ray McLeod can do and, and maybe might be better at some of those things, especially Have a little bit as, more juice as he develops into the future, right? I don't think he's, uh, and he actually can return kicks too. Um, and Terrace Marshall, it's kind of been a disappointment, but now he's got a big opportunity. So I, I don't know if they want to trade away the young players on that roster, but those would be the ones I'd be more interested in is the young guys, not the expensive guys on the Panthers roster. Yeah. You know, you mentioned DJ Moore and that'd be exciting. I do have a question for you. Do you think that they will potentially be having a fire sale? Because if I'm Te Te Tepper, David Tepper, that's the owner's name. Owner. Right? If I'm David Tepper, I want to actually keep this team together because I think they have very talented players on both sides of the ball. Now, the quarterback you're lacking there, and I think just with heart and culture, they're probably lacking there, but they have the players in place. That would be very intriguing if I were a potential coaching candidate. So do I want them to trade away DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. You know, you've heard people mention Brian Bank, uh, Brian Burns or the defensive tackle out of Auburn. Like, no, I, I want you to keep all these guys so yeah. that this job is more intriguing for the next head coach. But I do understand why a lot of people think that, hey, there's some potential there to pick players off of that roster because they are very talented. But yeah, if I'm, if, if I'm going to be a coach there, like, no, leave all these guys especially the ones that could be part of the next good team, right? right? So you look at some of the the cap hits. By the way, DJ Moore, I don't think is very tradable either just because of how recently he was signed. He's He's got a $25 million cap hit next year, by the way. DJ Moore does. Taylor Moten, offensive tackle, has $24.5 million cap hit next year. So some of the guys, they would want to clear cap and, and have a clean slate maybe for the new regime. And then some players are young and they want them to be around. 
And so, you know, it's, it's, you know, Shaq Thompson linebacker, $24.4 million cap hit next year. I don't think anybody's going to trade for him. That's why the, the trade deadline goes with the whimper, right? People, you know, he'll just get cut in the offseason. Uh, Robbie Anderson's already gone. He's got a pretty big cap hit. He's, he recently signed a new deal there. Um, but it's a good question, Croc. And uh, to me, if you're in charge, you don't want to trade the young players, which would be the ones I'd be interested in. Like Brian Burns is a star. I, I would go after Brian Burns in a heartbeat. Niners don't have the draft capital to make that happen. And you figure out the rest later, you know. But um, I mean, that would be just dynamic with Brian Burns across from Nick Bosa. Uh, but but Derek Brown's an interesting one because he's been a little bit of a disappointment. And he's maybe a player, if they were planning not to pick up his fifth-year option, maybe he would be an option now with the 49ers who drafted a guy in Javon Kinlaw just a few picks after him in the first round a couple of years ago. If they're thinking they're not going to pick up Javon Kinlaw's fifth-year option either, maybe they would like the you know, the 320-pound Derek Brown. Maybe they would like his style more. At least he's healthy. Uh, I think he'd be a nice fit for what the 49ers need. They could use some size inside. So Derek Brown's an interesting one for me. Could he possibly be available is the big question, and what would that take? Uh, if I'm the 49ers, if he is involved, like you're able to involve him in some type of trade, I definitely would do it. I mean, the 49ers right now, inside, like that's the biggest question mark. It always was, even with Javon Kinlaw there. Now, you know what you have in Armstead, but Kinlaw, he's had these injuries. Can you bank on him being that guy? And if you have an opportunity to go out there and get a guy like Brown, then heck yeah, man, you 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 try to pull a trigger on that. But, again, I think it's another guy that is going to, require a high draft pick, which with the 49ers, let's say even if it's a second-round pick. Well, now you don't have a first, you don't have a second. You got Brown, but I don't know. Yeah, and a second would probably even be too much. And again, and that's then you'd have to turn around and pay him. Yeah, you would have to decide who to pay, him or Kinlaw, because you're not going to pay him both. Maybe you realize you don't want to pay either one. But maybe, since, maybe if the Panthers know that they don't want to pay him either and they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option – Maybe that's where it becomes more, more palatable. And then maybe it's a, a third or a, a fourth right. or a conditional pick or something in the future that makes it make a little bit more sense, make it more, make it easier for the 49ers to make a move like that. Cause he could play that interior role too and give you the one tech that you need on the inside. So uh, Derek Brown's a really interesting name. I don't think he'll become available. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, that's why a lot, a lot of trades don't end up happening at the NFL trade deadline, but there are some names out there and we'll see if there in, is indeed a fire sale by the Carolina Panthers. But right now I'd probably bet against the 49ers ending up with any of them. Right. How about cam Akers? The Rams aren't going to trade cam Akers to the 49ers, but I think cam Akers is the most interesting name because of what he could be. If he's cut and an angry dude who's got talent, who can catch the ball, who can run if he's healthy. I, he hasn't, he's looked awful this year. There's clearly yeah, something going on with, with uh, personalities. You don't want to bring a cancer into the locker room either. So there's that to consider, which is why I think they're not going to maybe find a trade partner. They're going to have to cut him, but if they cut him and you get an angry running back, who's as talented as any of the running backs on your roster, if he's healthy and he's angry and playing against you and angry at your divisional rival in the Los Angeles Rams, I'd be into that one, but obviously Cam Akers would have to get cut first. And I bet a team like the Bills might be willing to, you know, or the maybe the Chiefs, they'd be willing to throw something, a sixth or a seventh round pick maybe out there because uh, there's some teams with some some running back needs. But Cam Akers is an interesting one. If he gets cut, I'd make a call to the agent on that one because it'd, it'd be basically it's just, free. It's an, another one of those, you know, you look at what you have in the backfield with the 49ers and 
how much better it is trying to go out and acquire Cam Akers, right, and whatever you give up to have to incorporate him than getting Elijah Mitchell back, having Jeff Wilson as maybe a spell back, uh, you know, figuring out what you have with Ty Davis Price and some of these other guys. I mean, I, I just feel like I don't think he moves the needle enough for me to go and get him. Now, again, uh, Christian McCaffrey, that, that is a lot different. But Cam Makers, although I think he's a talented back, if you can't get on the field right now and figure it out with that Rams backfield, then I don't know how much I want you as a 49er. Right. If you can't go win that job, how are you going to go win the 49ers job? Yeah. So there you go. No trades are going to happen for the San Francisco 49ers. The trade deadline is its always like, man, it could be great, but it, it always turns out not to be super exciting in the NFL. But there are some names out there. There could be some action this year for sure. And we know the 49ers are in an aggressive front office, and maybe they'll make something happen. And if any other names are out there, hit us up at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. Drop it in the YouTube comments. Any other interesting names that pop up over the course of the next couple of weeks before the deadline, uh, we will consider some more possibilities for the 49ers at the trade deadline. Thanks for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Croc and I, back tomorrow, right here, Locked On 49ers.